It is a war of the woods. Tensions continuing to rise at protest camps near logging operations at Ferry Creek on southern Vancouver Island. Activists saying that the Ferry Creek area among the last of BC's unprotected areas of old growth forest. More than 130 people have been arrested so far at blockades. Uh, this past Wednesday, a group of more than 100 protesters, many of them seniors, defied an RCMP exclusion zone uh, surrounding the area where teal drones crews are actively logging. The company holds a valid license for the area and plans to harvest about 20 of 200 available hectares from the 1,200 hectare watershed. To talk more about the situation as it is ongoing, please to welcome BC Green Party MLA for Saanich North and member of the Sartlip First Nation, Adam Olson. Adam, um, uh, thanks for the time. Uh, how are you doing here on this Friday? Uh, pretty well, thanks. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation. Yeah, no, appreciate it. It's an important one and one that I know is getting uh, quite quite a lot of attention here, which is probably a, a good thing. So uh, just to start with, I guess, what's sort of the the, the latest around the, the, the protests as they're occurring right now? I mean, the tension's continuing to rise. We're seeing sort of the, the battle, if you will, between protesters and some First Nation groups in the area, as well as the police. Uh, just, you know, what is sort of the, the, the mood, as you understand it, as, at the site right now? Well, I would say that there's uh, considerable tension uh, that is, uh, that's uh, increasing out, uh, out in the forests on southern Vancouver Island here. I think that you've uh, done a, a pretty good job of, of articulating some of the um, complex factors that are uh, feeding into this. I think it, it's, it is a very complex situation. There's uh, certainly Indigenous rights issues. There's also issues with respect to uh, the the vanishingly rare uh, old growth, and we're, we're talking about uh, you know giant trees that uh, have been on the planet for, in some cases, a thousand and two thousand years, and and you know the the experts are telling us that there's only a very very small uh, amount of that left, and so what we're talking about is we're talking about ecosystems that are at risk of collapse if they if we continue to uh, harvest trees like it's. Uh, you know, 1940s, and um, and I think that we've we've got a situation where we've got a provincial government that largely has sat on the sidelines and watched this uh, this situation uh, erode into into the frustration, anger, and tension that that we're talking about today, and uh, and really uh, they have all the tools uh, available to them uh, to to uh, have assured British Columbians that none of this is necessary. None of it, uh, none of it has needed to happen. They could have uh, put a pause on it. They could have implemented recommendation six from their own uh, old growth review panel, which was to defer forests exactly like this uh, that are, you know, at risk of high or in the near term risk of uh, irreversible biodiversity loss. That, that was the recommendation of their own report. So there's things that they could have done, and they're and they're not doing it. And it's a it's a real lack of leadership on behalf of uh, Premier Horgan and and uh, the BCNDP caucus. Yeah, and one thing I know that has really drawn even more attention to the situation was this viral photo that came out earlier this week. Massive spruce tree on the back of a logging truck. You know, you don't usually see one big tree on those types of trucks, so it was definitely peculiar to say the least. Um, you know, how has that impacted protest efforts? Have you seen sort of more of an outpouring um, since that photo came out earlier on this week? I think it just uh, provides uh, visual imagery of what we've been talking about. You know, I stand up in the legislature and, and dozens of times over the last three years talked about old growth. And, you know, when I'm explaining it or when I'm using words, you know, in the legislature, 
it's it's really hard to to get a visual uh, of what it is that uh, that I and my colleagues Sonia first know and and what you know the people out in the forests and and those who are passionate of protecting old growth are talking about when you see that driving down the road i think that it 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 provided some visual imagery for exactly what it is uh, that we are protecting and i think that when you get to these massive ancient trees you know are remarkable in two ways one in their just their physical size and two that when you think about the fact that that they have existed on this planet for 8000 years some of them um, it really puts into perspective just, you know, kind of the short term and the, and the, 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 uh, the, the short term decision making of our government that uh, that we could be allowing this and, and knowing that there's such little of this, uh, these ecosystems left that we're continuing to uh, to devastate those ecosystems um, and, and not putting in place the protections that, you know, the, the government's own um, report suggested needs to be put in place. So. I think it really did serve as a as a wake up call for many British Columbians when they when they hear old growth. This really gave them a picture to to think about uh, what it is that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, and that that's really what helped hit it home for me for sure. Was when I saw that and 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 you know just really giving that visual, like you said, of what it is the issue is at play here. Um, what what's next? I mean, how does this kind of unfold? I, I don't see these protesters backing down. These camps are going to continue to be set up. Yeah. I mean, wh- where is is there an end in sight to this? I don't feel like there probably is right now. Where do you see this going? Well, I think if the government's going to continue to take the approach that they're going to take, which is to let the RCMP enforce injunctions uh, and, and you know, th- there's already a, a considerable amount of questions that are being raised around uh, the tactics that are being used. I know that, uh, you know, uh, your colleagues from your community and the journalist community uh, are, are now taking court action against uh, some of the tactics that have been uh, allegedly used and, and, you know, the freedom of the press. I think that there's a, a, a very serious uh, a damage that could be caused to our democracy on this, uh, especially when you have a government that's just standing by and watching this happen silently. Uh, you know, instead of me doing interviews about this, it should really be the Minister of Forests. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, say, where is she? And it, it could be the Premier. Where is he? Like, th- these are commitments that this government made in the last election last fall in order to gain the support of British Columbians. They said that they were going to implement their report. And they've basically sat on their hands. And when we've asked questions, they've stared at the ground. And so, uh, you know, I think that there are some things that they could do immediately. They could implement the old growth review panel, defer the decision to cut these and have a conversation. It would it would certainly relieve, uh, relieve some of the pressure that's building in the forest, uh, definitely here on southern Vancouver Island. The second thing I think that we need to do um, is... Uh, we need to take advantage of the federal funds that are in the, the, this, uh, this budget. $2.3 billion has been set aside for protected areas. That's a few hundred million dollars uh, if British Columbia was to get its share. We need, Brit- we need uh, the Premier to stand up and, and say to Ottawa that we want uh, every single penny uh, that we're entitled to of, of, the, of those funds uh, so that we can meet our goals of uh, 25% protected areas by 2025. We're currently at 15%. We could be using that funds to, those funds to sit down with Indigenous communities uh, who want to protect old growth uh, to create uh, indigenous protected and conserva- conserved areas? Uh, we could be putting uh, the, the last remaining of these really sensitive and ancient ecosystems under protection, and uh, and quickly transforming our forestry community to be uh, more focused on secondary and, and third um, growth uh, forestry. Because 
if we don't make this transition now, we will be forced to make this transition in just two, three or four years. It's, we're not talking about a long-term solution or logging old growth any longer in British Columbia. We're now talking about less than a decade, maybe even less than half a decade. And so, um, so whether we, whether we do this now, uh, uh, we're going to be forced to do it very, very short term. So let's do it. Let's protect this area. Let's take advantage of these last remaining ecosystems and, and in, invite the world to come in and take a look at them and to be a part of, uh, of, of taking in, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever stood in one of these forests, but it is a, a really uh, outstanding feeling standing amongst uh, these ancient giants. Mm-hmm. And so um, certainly attract a lot of people to come and visit them and here on Southern Vancouver Island. So for me, I think that there are some really clear things that the provincial government could do. Uh, right now, what's lacking in this province is the political will and the leadership. And I'm, and I'm calling on the premier today. I'm calling on the minister. Stop the baffle gab. Stop telling us that you're doing the work. Show the work. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, we've heard too long in the legislature that you're doing the work only to be seeing uh, tensions rise and, and people uh, getting uh, arrested in our forests unnecessarily. Uh, unnecessarily. There's there's three weeks left in the current legislative uh, session here before the summer break. I guess what is your your hope level that we'll actually see some some meaningful discussion on this over these next three weeks and start to be able to see some government action? Doesn't sound like you're overly confident that that will take place. Uh, so just what are you hoping to see happen here when when you guys do sit here for the next three weeks? Well, I'm always I'm I'm always hopeful that uh, that the government will step up and do what's right. So let, let's start with that. I mean, my job is is to hold this government accountable and make sure that they're transparent in, in what they're doing. And so that's the job that I'm doing. I'm also very passionate about these trees. My, my hope is is that they don't uh, that that when they offer a solution to, to British Columbians and to uh, to, uh, to relieve this pressure that's building, is that they do it in a thoughtful way and in a thorough way, and that. It starts with just implementing that old growth review panel. I, I believe that they can do it, and I, and I believe I'm starting to see signs from within uh, the BCNDP that uh, that that's uh, you know that uh, you're starting to hear people BCNDP supporters really standing up and saying and demanding the government take action. So I'm hoping in the next three weeks that that we don't just see some action, but that we see substantive uh, action and that a meaningful uh, action. And I really want to see the government articulate publicly to the federal government that we want every single dollar that we're entitled to of these federal funds, uh, the $2.3 billion that are earmarked for uh, protected areas. I think this could be a huge win for British Columbia, and I think it would be one that British Columbians would embrace uh, wholeheartedly. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that, uh, that we see uh, the government um, do that as well. And, and, I, and I'm really hopeful that uh, whatever continues to go on in the forest, that it's done in a safe way. That, uh, that that the freedoms of the press are respected, that uh, injunctions are enforced uh, properly, uh, and that uh, when we get out of situations like this, that we don't have the erosion of democracy that I really fear is happening here, a lack of confidence in government to act when citizens want the government to act, and a lack of government action when they see uh, when they see and hear about potential allegations of you know freedoms of the press being limited and, and things like that. We need a government that's going to, uh, fiercely to defend our democracy, not sit on the sidelines and and let it be eroded. 
Uh, just to, to switch gears here on you, Adam, but I uh, really appreciate you you're talking about that issue, one that I know is going to continue to receive quite a bit of attention, but it's a pretty heavy Friday here in Kamloops. Um, a horrifying discovery at the site of the former Kamloops Indian Residential School was made this past weekend. The remains of some 215 children uh, buried at the site. Uh, I know you have uh, you know a bit of a connection to the residential school system yourself, so I just was wondering if you could provide a, a little bit of comment here on just what we what we saw take place. Obviously, not something anyone wants to see happen, but does sort of um, confirm what a lot of people believed here in this area for for quite some time, and and now we have that confirmation. And uh, yeah, it's. It's a really difficult day and a really difficult thing to talk about, but what, what are your thoughts based on what we're seeing here in Kamloops? Yeah, first of all, I just want to say that my thoughts and prayers are with the families who had uh, family members that uh, that attended that school, uh, and I know that they would have come from a very broad uh, geographic region uh, from, from all over the interior. Uh, kids would have been brought to that school, and I just want to, uh, to share... Uh, my love and support for them is there as this is I'm certain going to be uh, causing a lot of uh, trauma within the families. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, I, I'm someone who's been um, touched by the residential and day school systems in this province and in this country and, and know, um, you know, firsthand the impacts that the system had on, on the indigenous people uh, throughout history and, and indeed even to this day uh, we still um, suffer from the impacts of uh, the, the residential school system. We know that these stories exist. We know that this is the, this is um, one of the outcomes of that system was uh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. really tough to even talk about this because, you know, we like to believe in our country that we, are so much better uh, than this, and uh, and when we see these stories unfold in front of us, uh, it's a stark reminder of where we've come from, and uh, I think a, a pretty clear indication of the work that we have to do in, in terms of reconciliation. And I think it's a it's a message that I think we as elected officials in this province uh, need to embrace. That you know, saying that we are committed to reconciliation and doing something about it are, are two different things. And I think it's incumbent upon us to ensure that, uh, that we're learning from our history and that we're not repeating, um, some of the, uh, some of, some of these, um, situations. And so, uh, let it be a, a learning lesson for us as, uh, as elected officials, but as well, I think it's an opportunity right now for us to, to really just hold uh, the communities and the people in their communities, our relatives across the province close to us, as, uh, as I'm sure that today and this weekend and going forward over the next few weeks, it's, it's going to be um, very traumatic for, for our, our, our friends and relatives. Yeah, uh, appreciate those words. Thank you so much for this, Adam. Uh, really appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully, you know, we, we see some, some lessons learned from this for sure. But uh, thank you so much. And, and hopefully we can um, enjoy the rest of our weekends here after this. But it's going to be tough. But thanks so much for the time. Thoughts and prayers with you all. And uh, thank you for this opportunity. All right. Uh, BC Green Party MLA for Saanich North, member of the Sartlip First Nation there, Adam Olson.